today on Gospel Unscripted. There are in John so many ways that 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 the author of this gospel, that the Apostle John, is just over and over and over defining who God is. They're not being filled up and letting it overflow. You know, it's just mm. a, it's it's like they're getting filled up, but there's like a hole poked in their cup, and it's just draining out to nowhere. Welcome to Gospel Unscripted, everyone. We're so glad that you are with us today. I'm Amy Harles. This is my co-host, Jennifer Smith. And today we are here to encourage you with God's word, to pray for you, to read through the gospel with you. That's really the purpose of Gospel Unscripted. Yeah, we're going to focus on making connections um, in our daily lives and observations asking questions and all of this in an unscripted manner. So we want you to join us in pursuing the heart of Jesus and learn about God's plan to give us a future and a hope. Let's get started. Dear Lord, thank you for today. We love you. We worship you. And we just want to hear from you, Lord. We want you to teach us about your word. Um, just open our eyes and our hearts and our mind to understand more of you that we can put that into action. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. So uh, Jenny and I have actually, you know, in the summertime, we are able to film in different sorts of chunks because I'm at home. Jenny's not working on homeschooling her kids right now. And, and so this is actually, I think this is our third episode today that we're doing. Is this the third one? Yep. Oh my gosh. I think so. I think we're going to make it our third. Yeah. You know, we, in our last two episodes, we discussed Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the little section on Jesus walking on water. So this is coming out of that scene. All right, here we go. I am the bread of life. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. And that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give to you. For on him, God, the father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God 
is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And that's packed full of stuff, isn't it? I know I'm a little intimidated. I don't, (laughs) I don't normally say that when we get into these, but, but just, I think the, the gravity of what is happening here. I mean, it does, it's not, it's not necessarily him performing a miracle. I mean, it's not, this is, it's on the heels of Jesus doing a sign or a miracle, but this is not a section that is talking about a miracle, but it's just such a profound beginning of a profound discussion of the essence of who God is. As I was prepping for this, one of the little YouTube videos I watched and I, I can link it. It, it was talking about kind of who the audience is of John and its purpose and compared to the other gospels. And I mean, all of these gospels Mm -hmm. talk about who, who God is, but more than any of the others, there are in John so many ways that, that, that the author of this gospel, that the apostle John is just over and over and over defining who God is and, and that, and God's power and his plan. And, and more than any other gospel, that is really John's big purpose here. So we're talking about on the next day. So in John's gospel, this is going to be the day after Jesus walks on water in the sea of Galilee. And as you were saying, you've got the feeding of the 5,000, then he walks on water and then he kind of disappears, which Jesus has a habit of doing. And, you know, he's sets a good example, I think for us that when things get a little hectic, he didn't, I don't think you can say that he necessarily shut down in the scriptures, you know, but I know when, when my life gets hectic, when my life gets stressed, I kind of rather than taking the steps that Jesus takes to withdraw to pray, to connect with his father. I mean, he does these things not, and not that ever Jesus was ever in need of refocusing, but when I read that, I think, okay, this is, he's in his human body. He is taking this minute to do what he needs to in his head and heart and mind so that his body is able to accomplish what, what needs to be accomplished. Yes. Jesus withdrew, his disciples went across, Jesus meets them on the water, they get to the other side. So they've crossed, they've crossed the Sea of Galilee. And if you look at a map, the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias, which it is also called in these scriptures is kind of uh, like a violin shape, it's longer and skinnier. And so they are on the other side of this sea, not lake, I mean, I call it lake, but they say sea. (laughs) (laughs) and and the crowd sees that jesus isn't there or his disciples verse 23 the other boats from tiberius came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the lord had given thanks and so it makes me think that you know they're looking for him they're wondering well what's he going to do today you know oh yeah maybe expecting another treat you know yeah, not not that miracles are treats, but honestly, it makes me think of my dogs because if I do one nice thing for my dog, I give them a treat, I give them you know something special. It's just the next minute they want that treat again. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're constantly yeah. coming back for more. So Jesus isn't there, 
And so what do the people do? They get in the boats and they're traveling over. When I was reading this, I was thinking, it's like, have you seen those videos? Have you seen the videos of of the Beatles from the 60s where... (laughs) where those guys couldn't go to a hotel. They couldn't get in a car. They can go anywhere without this crowd just crushing in on them. Yeah. And, and as I read this, I'm like, they're the Beatles, Jesus and the disciples, you know, everywhere they go, this huge crowd is following them. And much, probably much more, much more popular, much larger than the Beatles, (laughs) much larger than the Beatles because of how many people are following them. I mean, thousands and ten thousands and yeah, because we think so, conservatively like that feeding of the five thousand was probably closer to, to twenty thousand from our last discussion. Yes. So do the we're next at verse twenty-five. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Yeah. Yeah. My note on that from the commentary, it's, they use the word sated or gorged occasionally. Let's see. Let me pull it up. Yeah. It said, indicating that the feeding of the 5,000 were filled that specific Greek verb, and I cannot pronounce the, these Greek letters. I do not know how to pronounce them. and It is not written <laughs> in English for me. Um, to fill with food can be used in the passive voice for a person who is eaten to the full. But it says, however, here the use of this particular Greek word clearly has a pejorative case and perhaps suggests cattle which have been fattened. In this case, Jesus says when they ate from the bread, they gorged themselves on it and so were sated. When when I when we read this in context of what we talked about with Heather in our previous episode about the feeding of the 5,000 and how, you know, we're this scene is not just depicting. Uh, a miracle, not just depicting something physical that happened, but there's spiritual significance to the food and how Jesus continually throughout John talks about my food is to do the will of him who sent me my food is spiritual. And we see the, the bread as a significance of kind of resembling the word of God. Then I think of these people who were not following Jesus because of the miracles, um, or I shouldn't say miracles because it's, it says here because of the signs, which signs would be specific to a sign pointing to his messiahship, but they're following him because they had their fill. And if I, if I think about that in spiritual terms, I'm thinking of an audience listening to a wonderful rhetorical speaker and their captured, their captured audience. And they were, they were filled with beautiful words, eloquent speech and had, and they want more. And I think about all of this, you know, now that we have the internet, we are bombarded with people who can speak well, but 
I mean, not that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. But if we're constantly being fed the word of God, fed beautiful sermons, um, but if we're not, um, in a sense, like the disciples also passing out the bread, then we're getting our fill and we're, we've, we've had our fill and we want more. Well, and I think they're Just filled up though to, to think about, no, I get that. And I kind of, as you were saying that I was thinking, okay, is there a difference between watching someone on YouTube like us or anyone yeah. else, honestly, who, who is talking about scripture and, or actually just reading the scripture, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. cause it's one thing to study the Bible together and ha have iron sharpen iron. I think that's a really, I think that's, that's a, good. a benefit, necessary. right. Yeah. And I think something like this, where, where we're actually digging, we're reading it and we're digging into those words. I think that's important as opposed to always reading about what the scripture says. Cause I think I went through a period of time mm -hmm. in my life where I was doing more consumption of a book about Jesus than reading what Jesus actually yes. had to say. Yes. And so, I mean, I can see that same thing with, with YouTube or whatever, listen to all the flowery sermons, but are you really reading God's word. I mean, that's right. why I think any pastor worth his salt is going to say to you, we're so glad you're here. We're, you know, we're, we do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, mm -hmm. but church is not just for Sundays. You making need to be disciples. in the word, in the word <laughs> so, and making disciples. Yeah. Right. So, so I think of John 21, which we haven't gotten there yet, but what is Jesus's um, charge to Peter feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And it's the same thing. Like when I think about people getting filled up and filled up and filled up, but yet they're not, they're not giving the word of God to others. They're not, they're not, they're not being filled up and letting it overflow. You know, it's just, mm. a, it's, it's like they're getting filled up, but there's like a hole poked in their cup and it's just draining out to nowhere, you know, mm. but we need to get filled up and then in turn, uh, feed other people with God's word. And I was thinking also, you know, we are disciples of Jesus, but yet he also calls us to make disciples, feed them with God's word and not Amen. with more rhetoric. Amen. Right. Amen. Yes. Yeah. So at verse 26, when he says, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me. I, when Jesus puts in that truly, truly, or in, I guess in King James, I always heard verily, verily, you yeah. know, it's kind of like signpost heads up, big idea coming. Right. Yeah. But his admonition is don't work for the food, the perishes like, don't, mm -hmm. don't come all this way and follow me and all these things just to get more physical bread, but work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give to you. So yes. when I hear that, and I know he goes on and talks about for on him, God has set his seal. The, my only thought is where did that come from? And when I hear the word seal, I think of song of Solomon. Um, I don't that know that upon has, my heart. Yeah. I don't know that it has anything to do with this, but that's, was my first thought because I don't remember 
hearing that for on God, the father has set his seal other than that part. It's like the last chapter in Song of Solomon. So Jesus actually says for on him, God, the father has set his seal. And this commentary says that to have the God, the word God and the word father together, they, another translation could be for to that one, the father has given full authority, God establishing, does Jesus have the right to say and do and be who he is? Yeah. You know, I found this verse. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. I don't know that we're going to add it, but um, it's Song of Solomon 8, verse 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. It flashes, its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. Well, seals do two things, right? They, if you, you don't want to open a jar of jam that whose seal is broken because it's going to be spoiled inside. So when you set a seal on something, you're, you're preserving it for the time mm-hmm. that you need it. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that kind of seal. And then, which I can also see that here too, because we see talk of seals in revelation as they break seals on the scrolls as different things, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fullness of time has approached yes. there and those right. seals are broken. Yes. And then a seal also signifies that someone of authority is vouching for it. Right. Right. That, um, this the like a presidential seal or the seal of a king or or if even families would have little rings where they would press it into wax and seal you know in olden times their letters to prove that it was authoritative it was from them this is their seal okay that makes so sense yeah that's, that's kind of neat and jesus keeps talking about this food the perishes and the food versus the food that endures this fits with that connection to the exodus mm-hmm. that we we talked about in the last episode where you know the manna that was provided and he's going to talk about that later on here so maybe i'll save it for that but he's already saying you you want this inferior thing don't work for food that is that perishes don't work for this inferior stuff you know mm-hmm. but work for this food that endures to eternal life yeah which is again, a bigger eternity. What's eternity? That's such a, wow, blow your mind concept. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. It just, it, it makes me think about like, I, I wonder, will there be the same type of food in the new kingdom or will it be different? You know, cause you know, we hear in revelation about the the banquet, the banqueting table. And, and I just wonder, cause it will be a new earth, but will it be how, what's it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So then they said, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Um, that's kind of cool because, um, you know, Jesus is saying, 
do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures. Um, and then they come back with the question. So what must we be doing to do the works of God? And Jesus says, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. And I'm wondering if they were following Jesus because of the signs, but did they, did they not believe that he was the Messiah? Did, did they not, you know, cause this is asking them, well, I just want you to believe in first. So the, these people are asking they, what you said, they want something, they want to know what they need to be doing, like a physical thing, possibly. Mm-hmm. And, and when Jesus says believe again, that's a simple answer from Jesus. Doesn't that take you back to John yeah. three with Nicodemus? Yeah. You know, but, like Nicodemus wants, what can I do to get, to earn eternal life? And Jesus says, you can't, there is nothing that you can do. The flesh is of no help. You know, this it's, a, you just need to believe and, and then it's the spiritual rebirth. So. Right. And it's kind of like a works theology versus being saved by grace because they want something to do but this belief this faith it makes me think of ephesians 2 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from ourselves it is a gift of god right so right i mean you can't do more you need to believe more and even then they're not satisfied. So what sign do you do that we may see? Him <laughs> right. And they're like, is this, is this odd tennis match? It's where- like, it's like, did, are they just ignoring all of the previous signs? You know, like he's just been performing miracle after miracle after healing and, and all these wonders and telling people stuff that they, that nobody knows about them. And then they're asking for another sign. So, but then they're the ones bringing up the manna. Our fathers ate the manna as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And by he, I wonder, does, do you have a Moses? Yeah, I I'm reading that Moses. Let's see you cited from Nehemiah nine 15. And this says you gave them bread from heaven for their hunger. Hmm, So maybe that would be the Lord, but they're thinking maybe they're thinking it's from moses yeah because of what jesus says later truly Mm -hmm. truly like heads up i say to you it wasn't moses who gave you this bread but my father that does the true bread yeah the manna was fake bread you know it was real bread but it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) it it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't jesus as the living bread right for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That makes, okay. So one of the other sermons I listened to, um, this gentleman was preaching about the importance of bread in our lives. Like, you know, it was a Christmas time sermon and, and he was going to preach on this yeah. topic, but he's like, you just think about how much bread you have in your house right now. You know, you have... <laughs> I have so much bread. bread. Yeah. I've got bagels. (laughs) I I have, I have 
all kinds of cereal, of course, and I've got Lucky Charms sitting right over there. I have, um, yeah, I, I, I have three kinds of bread. We are not the um, gluten-free family. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but, but bread gives life, you know? It is like, I mean, when Jesus is in the desert, one of the things the devil is trying to get him to do is like eat, you know, and, and Jesus responses, man does not live by bread alone, but bread mm-hmm. is one of the, you know, it's one of the more basics bread and water, right? If you got bread and you got water, mm-hmm. you can live. It's got nutrients and all this stuff that you need, but the bread of God, as in is he is Jesus who gives life to the world. Right. And on the, tail end of this miracle where they've just had all this bread which they needed which was necessary to them being able to continue to follow him and learn and all these things you know jesus just flips the tables and says what you think is good i got something better it always comes down to that doesn't it and to their credit what do they say they want the bread always they want the bread always i mean the man of was a temporary bread but they're asking for this bread from heaven this bread that gives life what does it say the bread from heaven my father gives to you is the true bread from heaven that gives life to the world so they they don't want this as a temporary fix they want this always do you think they're getting the physical or the spiritual aspect of this or are they still kind of you know the woman at the well said sir give me the or this water you know she wanted the water is this the same kind of response give me this bread so that i don't have to yeah. like eat all the time or you know i don't know i mean i think the disciples are with jesus as well as all of these other people and i think that there's a big crowd and Jesus says some crazy hard words. And then he meets with his small crowd, the disciples and explains it a little bit further because he wants the disciples to get it so that they can then go out and spread the word. Yeah. I'm thinking like, you know, Jesus is in, even in this and even in the first part of the chapter with the feeding of the 5,000 Jesus is setting up communion. Well, it's been set up. Actually, it's been set up from the Passover. Communion was set up. I mean, it's been going on and it just keeps layers and layers are being added to the significance of this practice, but the spiritual significance of what is really happening. So if you're reading on, I mean, it's going to go, he's going to go from kind of amorphous to a lot more specific. And uh, these are hard words. These are hard words, but good words, because he gives us the words that are for eternal life. And it doesn't get better than that. Okay, well, I will pray us out. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for, for coming, Lord, for providing for us, not only for our bodies and in, in many ways that, that you do Lord Jesus and, and the ways that you provided for, for your people in the feeding of the 5,000, but Lord Jesus, we just thank and praise you that 
that you are the bread, you are the water, you are these, these wonderful nourishing things for our souls, Lord Jesus. And I, I pray that you open the eyes of our hearts and, and give us discernment in our minds, Lord, to, to understand just how big and deep and wide your love for us is God, that you, that you became these things for us. And Lord, I just pray that whoever watches this Lord, that, that Lord, you would just multiply, multiply that bread in their life, multiply that water in their life Lord Jesus, that, that we would not just have just enough Lord, but an abundance to share. And cause you're just bigger and better than all things. Jesus help us to be aware of that and to chase after that in your name. We pray. Amen. Thank you so much for, for sticking with us through um, so many of these podcasts. And we just want to ask you to think about liking and subscribing these videos. This all has to do with the YouTube algorithm friends. So the more likes and the more subscriptions that people get, the more frequently YouTube puts this content and content like it about Jesus in front of people on the YouTube platform. So please think about that. And we appreciate every like and every subscribe that you, that you give us. And also think about commenting. If you have thoughts on any of this wonderful scripture that we've been reading, please share with us what you think. Do you have a, do you have a scripture that is near and dear to your heart that applies to this? We'd love to interact with you about that. So thanks so much. Oh, 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 oh,